I, I think it's um, I, I think it's important for us to um, to um, to realize what God is doing. You know, you could go through your whole day, year, and not know what God is doing. It's important for you to know what God's doing and what He wants to do in your life. Amen. So, would you stand and take the hand with somebody and say, "Lord, just show me what You're doing and help me to uh, help me to agree with what You're doing in my life." Amen. Come on, pray that with your neighbor, your neighbor. Lord, help us to see what you're doing. Help us to participate with what you're doing. We want to be in the flow of the coming forth of your kingdom. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, teach us now. Help us. Help us to understand so we can participate. Help us to know so we can, we can agree with you, Lord, so that your kingdom may come and your will may be done over every life. Let the word take root in our hearts so that we become, Lord, the very picture, manifestation of what you're saying. We want to reflect your glory. We want to say what we're saying. To you be the glory. Get the glory from our lives. In Jesus' name, clap your hands and give him praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. As you take your seats, I'd like you to think about this. I asked the question earlier this morning. Um, I'd like you to think about and see if you can remember, those of you who can remember, the very first kiss you received. Can you remember the very first kiss you received? If you can remember, just raise your hand. And, and don't be ashamed, it's okay. In, interesting. Would you, now sometimes this can be a little interesting. I asked a question this morning, it's kind of amazing how much the class remembered to the T. You know, I was five years old in Kennedy. <laughs> Tell your, your, your neighbor sitting next to you, what was the first kiss you ever received? Do you remember? Some of the guys kind of dropped their head like, you know, I don't know that I really want to talk about that. But One guy told me he was 17 years old. It was your daddy. He said he was 17 years old. 17. Man, I was five years old, kindergarten. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I have another question for you. <laughs> Do you remember the first time? I let them roll just a little bit. They, some of the guys are having nostalgic memories right here. Do you remember the first time you got behind the car of a wheel to drive? How old were you when that happened? When you first got behind the car, did you remember, and actually drove? Do you remember? How many of you remember what kind of car it was? Wow. Man, that, is, that was such an experience. Because this, this guy, my, my father, by that time, my father had passed. I was 15 years old when my, when my dad passed. But when we moved back to where we moved from, 
there was a, there was a guy, he actually was my uncle, who gave me a car. It was an old Studebaker. But I never forget what it felt like to sit behind the wheel of a car with your hands on the wheel and your foot on the accelerator. And if it was a stick ship, anybody remember the first time you drove a stick ship? Hmm. Um, let me ask you another question. When was the first time you got lost and didn't know where you were? <laughs> You see, I believe God has done something to us. And in our brain, the way he constructed us, that never forgets significant first things. It's an amazing thing. If I ask you, what was your first date? Can you remember? Some of you say, I don't really want to. Oh, I, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. I understand that, I understand that too. But you see, there's something in us that never forgets. How many of you swim? I mean, actually can swim. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, stay above water, you know. Okay. Do you remember the first time that you were in the pool in water over your head? How many of you remember that time? I know I remember because I didn't learn to swim on top of the water first. I first learned to swim under the water. I grew up in the days of Jacques Cousteau. I grew up in the days of Sea Hunt. Raise your hand. No, don't raise your hand. If you remember Sea Hunt. And I was in love with underwater. So I remember, oh, Lord, forgive me. I remember taking my mother's change from the grocery store, and I kept some of the change to buy myself an underwater sea mask, snorkel. You know, I, that wasn't really right of me to do that. And that's why I was trying to hide it in the sewing machine. The sewing machine was the kind that you open the lid and the thing comes up. So I put the sea mask in there and I closed it, it broke it up. And the first time, the first time underwater was the bathtub. Oh yeah, that was very significant. In those days, bathtubs were deep enough that you could put water, you know, and what, slip down and then just look. It was amazing. First issues in your life were incredibly significant. And God, the Father, has made us in a way that you, there's some things first you don't forget. And there are reasons for that. Because God himself makes some pretty awesome proclamations about himself and about his kingdom. And for us to understand it, cooperate with it, and move with it, if you get first things right, oh my God, next things will be in their rightful place. Is it possible that maybe some things that are in our life that are not working very well some things in our life that we don't really care to think about could be that they are what they are because we have not rearranged for first things. We all know this, by the way. We all know that it's a, well, 
we all have seen how much better it is to have children after marriage. I'm sorry, forgive me, I, that might be too painful. It doesn't mean that you can't have a wonderful delivery or even a good relationship before the fact. But most of us have realized that, wow, God had something in mind when he put first things first. I'm, I'm asking you these questions this morning because I want, as we're in first fruit season right now, I want to make it clear so you understand what you're doing. Because I don't know if you know it, but but kingdom economics is a big deal. Money is a big deal right now. Has anybody understood how big money is? I was reading just yesterday why we need money. I have 10 reasons why we need money. I said, oh my God. And there were incredible, uh, incredible reasons. And um, in reading about that, I realized that sometimes we may not express things the way they need to be expressed from the scripture, so we get it, so we understand it, we obey it, and we can profit from it. First things are one of the most important things. Stephen Covey, the author of First Things First, his book impacted the whole economic, whole business industry. Millions and millions of copies sold and still being sold because he had the courage to put on paper one of the most basic principles of life. And he said, the most important thing is to keep the first thing the first thing. Amen. Because if you've ever tried to do calculus and you don't know how to add and subtract, you are in trouble. Can I get a better witness than that? If you ever try to drive and you've, no one's ever taught you and you're trying to remember by television, I want to tell you that could be, a, 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 that could be an incident, an instance, incident. <laughs> if, have you seen people look like they never have learned? Oh, just this very week, I said, what are you doing? Have you ever done, have you ever talked to the driver in the next car out loud in your car? Like they can hear you? Or am I the only one that does that? Somebody help me, Lord Jesus, help me. I, I said, what, what, what? Have you ever done it? What are you doing? My wife said, he cannot hear you. I feel like he can, you know. <laughs> the first things are so important to God until, they're so important to God until he goes out of his way to make sure we get that. Because if you can get first things first with God, let me, let me give it to you the way he said it. Matthew 6 and 33, if you don't have that verse, you might want to write it down someplace. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first. Man. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's the next phrase that really gets me. All these things will be added to before he gives you that scripture in Matthew, in, in, in Matthew 6.33, he gives you several things about life, important things about life. Everybody here has basic needs. 
and after your basic needs are met, you have desires. There are some that look at the scripture and think that God is only interested in supplying your basic needs because they quote the scripture, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And that is true. But we don't need the other scriptures that refers that God has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We don't realize that God wants to do more than just meet your needs. If you have no dreams, then getting your needs met is enough. If you don't want to go anywhere, if you don't want to accomplish anything, if you don't have any desires for your family, your life, your future, then getting your needs met is enough. But if you have dreams and desires, and I must tell you that we live in a culture that wants to squash your dreams and desires. Make you think that you're God in heaven who owns everything. Somehow that he doesn't want to meet those dreams and desires. First things are absolutely necessary for you to understand what God wants to do. It's sort of like parents that won't let their children drive the car because they don't pick up their underwear. I want to applaud every parent that puts stipulations on giving your children greater responsibility and measure it by how much they take care of little responsibilities. Because the scripture said, if you're faithful in a little, it's the same as being faithful in much. Under the law of first things, I got to be faithful in a little bit, and that qualifies me to handle much more. The first things are a big deal with God. Sometimes we don't think that God cares very much about things, and many, many times when we don't understand that, we don't handle money very well. So I, wanna, I want you to look at another passage of Scripture, e e Ecclesiastes 10, 19. Check this out. This is, I, I'm giving this to you this way because, honestly, I, I, I'd never heard it quite this way, and it helped me so much. Because in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, 19, I hope it helps you. The second part of that verse says, money answers everything. Wow. So when I, I, I first read it, I went back and I looked at it again. So yeah, that's what it says. Money answers everything. Man, that's a straightforward statement. Isn't it? If it is a thing, money is the answer. God knows you need things, and you want things. Anybody here that don't want things, thank God for, not li for no liars. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes it's hard for people to admit, I want things. Aren't there things that you want for your house? If you're a father, aren't there things you want for your children? If you're a husband, aren't there things that you want for your sweetheart? If you're a wife, aren't there things not only that you desire for yourself, aren't there things that you want to see your husband enjoy? Everybody is in, tell your neighbors, are you into things? Yeah, man, are you into things? 
God knows you need things. So he said in Matthew 6 and 8, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. God is not against you having things, but he, but he must be, God wants to be, God de desires, demands that he become the first priority in your life. His word says, as we just said, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek his righteousness and all these things. Are you breathing? Will be added unto you. Things are not just, um, un things are not usually acquired without money. Now, God either blesses you with the money to get things, or he blesses someone else with the money to get them for you. But if you're talking about things, somebody paid money for it. Somebody said amen. Even if you found it free on the road, before you found it free, somebody paid for it. And the people said amen. Even if he blesses somebody else to give it to you, behind that answer of things is money. But check this out. Money answers everything. But it does not say money should be used to buy everything. It seems that in our Western world, the way where we live today, it seems that spending money is a lifestyle, even if you don't have the money. If you have the money, you should spend the money. In fact, the average household in America, the household, average household debt in America, check this out, uh, it indicates that, that even if you don't have money, you should spend the money by credit. The average American household has over $15,000 in debt, not counting student loans, car loans, mortgages, uh, uh, department store credit cards. Where is all the money being spent? Americans spend an estimated $33 billion a year on cosmetics to look good and, another, and other beauty-enhancing products and $100 million on alcohol. Tell your neighbors, we in a drinking nation. Don't know what I said. <laughs> this number does not take into account the billions spent on alcohol-related accidents, deaths, and lawsuits. In the UK alone, roughly 17 billion pounds was spent in 2000, this is 2011, can you imagine 2019? In 2011, 17 billion pounds was spent on tobacco products alone. That's about, seven, that's about 27 billion US dollars. Pardon me, 27 million U.S. dollars. Clearly, money answers all things, but very often it's used to answer the wrong thing. See, money does answer all things, but, it's, it, it, but, but money is not necessarily the right answer to all things. Some things are money you just cannot buy. Because if you have to pay them to be loyal, the moment the mo money stops, the loyalty stops. 
if you have to pay her to be with you, when you stop the money, she gone. Hello, somebody. If you have to pay them, if you have to pay them to guard your life, when you stop paying, there ain't nobody there to guard you. But money's important because things and money are connected. But you gotta ask yourself, why, why are, are first things so important? They're important because God is setting precedent in the universe as to how you and I can be the stewards of, the masters of money and things. I want to tell you, money is a great servant, but a treacherous master. And, we, and because God knows that, the way he deals with us as a heavenly father, he will deal with us concerning our things and our money. And there's a precedent he wants to set in your life if it's not already set. And if it is set, may this morning for a few moments, make that precedent shine above everything else. Make that priority the number one thing in your life. Not money, but God. Because God needs somebody who has the character to handle a lot of things. I was reading in that same book about why do we need money. One of the, one of the answers were, well, you need money for your life, for your lifestyle, for your basic needs. God will supply according to his riches and glory. But what he supplies, he supplies the things by supplying the money. Are you all breathing all right? God is interested in giving you much more things. Why would God give you more things? Because when our needs are met, when our needs are met and our dreams are beginning to be realized, there's something else God wants you to do. God, God has decided that one of the ways he's going to advertise himself is by what you do for other people. He even puts a label on fathers who do not provide for their children. Because God is a father, he expects all fathers to provide like he provides. Puts a high priority on how we handle stuff. And since God wants to advertise who he is through you, God will use money and things to strengthen who you are, your character. A few weeks ago, we were talking about trust fall, about we had some people stand here on the edge of the deal and, and you know, and fall backwards and people catch them, you know, and you have to trust them to catch you, right? And, and, and we were, I was trying to show you something, that when the Bible talks about trust, it's a, it's a verb, not a noun. It's something you do. That's why in Proverbs chapter 3, it says, trust, come on, you know it, come on, say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do what? And lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, what about it? Acknowledge him. Then what? He will direct your path 
to more things. And when you understand that, all of a sudden you got to thinking about, man, I need to recheck and see what priority does he have, does God have in my life. First things are important to God because you can't get second things until you get first things. That's why in Genesis, in Genesis, the, the, the Word of God, the Bible, which is the Word of God, in Genesis chapter 1, it, it says this, in the beginning. I love that. God says, I'm going to establish my presence and priority over everything. For the earth is the Lord's, come on, and the fullness of thereof and all or everything that dwells therein belongs to God. Tap your neighbor and say, don't get it twisted. It all belongs to God. God lets us handle it. He lets us use it and he even labels that. He calls it, you're my stewards. You take care of these things. And if you can take care of physical things like I want you to, I've got some eternal things that are, that are priceless that I want you to handle. But first, I'm going to get you straight with material things. Why are first things so important to God? Because first things establish what is, what is the most important in your life. When you're married, you had better have first things right. See, when you get married, I'm, I'm, I know most of you know this, but I'm going to say it because some of you might not know it. When you get married, hello, I said married. You know, like I do. You know, like I now pronounce you husband and wife. With I now give you Mr. and Mrs. And then said, salute your bride. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know? Okay. When you get married, when you, and by the way, I'm saying this for all of you that have kicked marriage out of your life. I'm, I'm asking God in the name of Jesus to amen. Amen. Restore that to you. Amen. In fact, if you want to be married, raise your hand. If you want to be married and you're not, raise your hand. Raise your, and just wave it. Let me see. I'm trying to match folk up now. Hallelujah. Amen. Anything I can do. <laughs> In marriage, if you're married, if you're a husband and you're married to a woman and she shares your name and your money, by the way, in marriage, that's what he meant. When you say, I do, what you're saying, honey, I do. Whatever you need, I do, I got it, amen. It's what's yours is, come on, Her, hers, yours, and what's yours is his. Only problem is, you know, when I tried on those underwear, they're a little tight in the front, so they don't work that well. But, <laughs> sorry about that. Some of y'all laughing, I did, I checked them out. <laughs> what I do like about them, though, you know, the material is so nice. For the first time, though, you know what they're doing. Hey, hey Chris, you know what they're doing? They, they're making men's underwear in the stuff they made women's underwear. So now, you know, we got that thing going on right now. Hey, and they gave us more room in the front. Hallelujah. Things. When you're married to a woman and your husband married to a wife, there are some things you better not forget. You better not forget who's first. Married men cannot go back talking to the women that they had before their wife. Because when they say, I, when you say, I do, that means everybody is, I don't. Let all the women clap their hands and give God praise, amen. It's a beautiful thing. 
and vice versa for women. It set, marriage sets a priority of relationships. When a married couple has a baby, you better not forget, sweetheart, where the baby came from. I know we have to nurse them. Hallelujah. Amen. I tried to nurse mine when they were that age. They didn't want it. Amen. <laughs> they looked at me like, ain't none here. Because <laughs> priorities, priorities, man, priorities become a big deal when you get married. And they become even a bigger deal when you have children, right? Who are you going to take care of first? It's a major issue. And couples have to rearrange their lives and have to re rethink through first things. You see, when I was looking at this all last week, I'm thinking, Lord, I don't know if we, uh, if we get it, how, how much priority in first things and the first thing and the second thing and the third thing, putting those things, putting the right evaluation over each of them and setting them in order. I don't know how important that is. And if you ever get it mixed up, you suffer for it. If you don't pay those bills first before you get, got all the other stuff, how many of you know they will come get the stuff you already got? God is the first one who gives us the right priority. He says, I want my kingdom, the kingdom to be number one in your life. And so first things are particularly they are particularly important to God. Are you, are you there? Most of you can remember who made the first airplane, but I bet you don't know who made the second one. Most of you know that Neil Armstrong was the first one to step on the moon, but do you remember who number two was? Unless you saw the movie, you probably don't know. His first name was Buzz. If you remember, if, 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 if we all remember our first car, remember our first date, we remember our first kiss, we remember our first accident. It's amazing. First is special. God says it's important because that's the way you honor God is by recognizing who and what is first. So I'm going to do this today as I finish up here in just a few seconds, a few moments actually, because I don't want to assume you get it. In fact, I've, I've been looking at our reception of first fruit season this year, and it, it's obvious to me as I look at it that there's something I need to be clear about in speaking. So I, I'm going to do it this way. Um, if you said to a Jewish person, if you, if, you, if you said to them publicly, out loud, if you made an announcement, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. If you said that to a Jewish person, you would get their attention right now because of their culture and their history. Which is exactly what happened in John's account of the gospel. Because the lamb was the most common sacrifice available to everybody. The lamb is the clear sacrifice that, check this word out, and they didn't know my wife was going to say this today, the sacrifice that redeems. The lamb is the sacrifice that redeems all of life. 
goes all the way back to Israel when they were in bondage. And they took that innocent lamb and had one lamb to represent a whole household, everybody in the household. They would have one lamb, and they would slay that one innocent lamb, and it's the blood of that lamb that redeemed them or bought back their life to God. So that in God's judgment of everything else, his righteousness, in his judgment of everything else, they were considered innocent. To redeem something means to buy back with an acceptable substitute. By redeeming something from God, we acknowledge his claims on it by paying for it with an acceptable substitute. The clearest way I can illustrate this is if the word tithe means tenth, we, we should ask a question. Why 10th? No, why not 15th? Why not 20th? There must be some significance why God the Father acknowledges this word 10th. It's because 10 in the scripture is always the number for redemption. Check this out. Check this out. The word, this word tithe or tenth, which represent redemption, check it out. It took ten camels for Isaac's wife, Rebecca. I can't give you all that story, but it's a beautiful love story. Short to say, he loved her so much. Ten camels, send the ten camels. That's enough to pay for this bride. I, by the way, one of the problems we have today is we don't have, attach redemption or a diary to the bride. So when a guy comes to get a bride, he had to, normally in those days, he'd come to the daddy and offer him a price because if he took the girl out of the father's home, he was taking money out the father's home. Ain't nobody talking to me today. I know that's foreign. But, and so the guy had to come and present an acceptable diary or to redeem, hello, the labor that could have been for that wife. And if, if he loved her, he would get as much as he could impress the father. So the father would say, hmm. It also would prove to the daddy, I can take care of your daughter. We live in a new day. Don't we live in a new day? Today we have a problem. We can't even find a father. So you can understand the scriptures. Ten camels. Ten camels to get Rebecca. Check this out. Not only that. Ten donkeys sent to bring Jacob to Egypt. Remember Joseph? He's now, he's now second in command of all of Egypt. He's the prime minister of all of Egypt. Finds out his daddy's still alive. He sends 10 donkeys full of stuff to bring his daddy to Egypt where he was because there was no water anywhere else and no provision. Uh, that, that number 10 is kind of powerful. We, we should understand that. Check it out. 10 plagues that God released over Egypt when she nutted up and acted like he was God. He, another Pharaoh arose, 
several pharaohs from the pharaoh that honored Joseph, that saved the nation because of the wisdom of God in him. And Pharaoh listened to Joseph and did exactly what the Lord said, and he saved the nation. Well, several pharaohs had come and gone, and they forgot. By the way, it's important that you remember your history, what God did for you in the past. It's also important that parents somehow re remind the children of what God did. At least we have what we have now, a generation that neither know God nor what he did in the past. It was horrible I, to be in the midst of a generation that has forgotten her history. I'm sorry, my, my brothers and sisters, but if you, if you just go back a few hundred years and read the, the accounts of how God brought a people, oh, disenfranchised, from another nation, another world, put in slavery, how God got in the mix for righteousness sake and raised them up out of it. You might think a little differently of yourself. Even so, 10 donkeys to bring Joseph's father to Egypt to save the whole nation. By the way, when, when Joseph made that decision for his father and his brothers to be taken care of, Joseph didn't know that the lineage of Jesus was in that nation. Ten is a number for redemption. Kind of amazing. Okay, one, one more. What God did, he said, when I bring you out of Egypt, when I take you out of bondage, I'm going to give you ten commandments. He said, when you follow these, it will redeem you from the captivity of the enemy. What we make that work now today in the New Testament is Jesus said, you know what? If you love God with all your heart and you love your neighbor as yourself, you fulfill all of the law and the prophets. In other words, everything I wrote down for them to do, it's in your heart when you love. Man, we need to teach that all over again. It's redemptive. Don't forget, when you tithe, God says, you know what? I want to redeem, I want to bless all of your money. But in order to do that, if I take all your money, you have nothing to use. So what I want to do, I want you to take one-tenth of it and, and, and offer it to me, and I will sanctify the rest of what you have. For those of you who are wrestling with tithe, you're wrestling with your destiny and your future. It is true that if you resist what God's trying to do financially for you, you just don't understand your father. You don't understand what he's trying to do for you. I wanted to be sure today that we get things in their rightful place. Anytime there is a redemptive work in process, God will use this number 10. If the 10th is a type of redemption, then why must it be given first? Why? Because, because when it's given first, it breaks the curse of destruction that's on the 90%. Releasing it to be used for the best purpose. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you remember what the Lord said to what Malachi spoke as a prophet of the Lord to the people of God, he said, bring in the whole tithe into my storehouse. And not only will my house have all the needs met, but he says, 
and, and see, he said, watch me. I'll open the windows of heaven for you, and I'll pour out blessings until you won't have room enough to receive it. And then he said, and verse 11, Malachi 3.11, I will rebuke the devourer from you so that it will not be able to destroy what you've been trying to build. It'll not cause your projects, your fruit to blossom too quick. In other words, God said, I'm going to get in the timing of your increase. Why is it important to understand first things? Because if you get first things right, God will get all the rest of the things right. No wonder he says, seek, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then he says, everything else. God, top your name, say, God's not trying to lie to you. He's trying to get something to you, amen. He's not trying to get something from you. He already owns everything. And I promise you, whatever you have now, you ain't going to have it all your life. Tap your neighbor on the right knee. Say, you cannot take this with you. Amen. <laughs> I'm almost done. Because this tenth redeems the 90%. The tenth says to the Lord, okay, Lord, you are, and I want to make this really, really clear. Let's, Lord, help me to make it clear. If the tenth is a type of redemption, then why must it be given first? I don't know if I can do it or not, but I'm going to try it. Um, I need ten, ten dollar bills. Can we get it? Specifically. She, she said from one person, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Man, I got fives and twenties, but I don't have tens. Okay, I'm, 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 just remember, she, he said, don't worry. <laughs> Take two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Nine and ten. Thank you so much. I, well, well, thank you, baby. Okay, okay. All right. Is that right? Do I have it right? I wish I could have some way to display this. So, I okay, check this out. Check, check this out. Can I get a camera on it? When you look at heart, you will Okay. You see them? So if you add that all up, what is it? Let's say that's what you made yesterday. You got paid, okay? So I got a question for you. How much of this is a tithe? Are you sure? <laughs> what, what, what is really important about this is the Lord wanted you to get this in your heart. I know you can figure it out in your head. You know, if you're doing the math, you move the decimal point one over and boom, you got it, right? So I had 10, that's $100. Move the decimal point over. Okay, 10 of that. 
ten ten of those dollars. And the Lord said, "This this is it's our, first of all. Let's be clear. All of it. Tell your neighbor, all of it belongs to God." Now, the only reason why I'm telling you that all of it belongs to God, because it does. You made it. How did you make it? You used your strength, your energy, your time, your talent, your ability your, to, to earn it, right? Hopefully you didn't steal it. I hope you didn't steal it. And when you, when you, when, when, when you earned it, it, it was given to you. But how did you earn it? God, you earned it through what God gave you. Because if you can't get your head off the pillow and you don't have anything working online, you can't earn it. So when it comes time for, to honor God, and that's really what this is talking about, God says, I want to show you what I can do. He says, I want you to put me first. What I want you to do is I want you to take the tithe and, and give it to me. Actually, it's like surrender it. <laughs> so how do we do that? Which one is the tithe? Man, I, I, wish, I wish the world could get this because it changes everything in your life. The first, first, it all belongs to God. But God says, what I want you to do, I want you to learn this, this is God's economy. He wants to show you how to increase. And he wants to help you to manage more so you can have more. By the way, you take, which, which, one's, which, one's, a tithe, which one's a tithe? Even though a value, they all have equal value, the value changes when you identify the, the first one. It's in that identification that you have enacted something before God. That's a mighty principle. That is, a, that is, that it allows God to say, ah. It allows God to take note. Because when you do that, you honor what you're saying. With this $10, all of it belongs to you. But I'm, this is yours because this redeems the rest. God promised you some pretty awesome things. Now, you're going to have to see if God lying or not. And God is so awesome until he says, even in that same chapter, he says, test me. What? God who breathed air into your lungs. God who makes the, the synapse work in your brain. God who causes your iris to open and close. God who makes your heart to keep on beating when you're sleeping. God who keeps diseases out of your body. God who sustains you, gives you strength, and renews you every day. God who allows breath to come into your lungs. God who made you and breathed life into you. That God says, if you honor me first, Here's what God is saying in this. I will help you make more happen out of the 90% if you first give me the 10%. Y'all breathing? It's a mighty thing. I'm going to put that right there. Now, a lot of folks, they don't want to do that. because. And by the way, you got to learn to do it when it's $100 because he wants to make it $100,000.
But you, but you know what? For most people, if they had $100,000 right now, they ain't going to get that. Oh, no. You mean tell me out of 100000 give God $1,000? Oh, you're listening. Amen. And we'll give it $10,000. Do you know what I could do with $10,000? I'm going to tell you what, you can't do what you could have did if you wouldn't give that to God. In fact, I'll tell you what, you, and where do you learn that? You learn that at the lower figures. And God is faithful, and he will not lie to you. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. i got to go. Thank you so much for playing, because I do have to go. So I, I, I'm going to continue. To, I'm going to finish this three questions. If, if, if these ten dollar bills represent my income how many how much of them do I owe God as my tithe one which 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 bill is the tithe the first one why because it's the only one that carries the power of redemption and all the remaining coins are redeemed or all the remaining dollars are redeemed because of what was done with the first one how do we know which dollar bill is the one answer is the first one you spend first one you give God does not need what we're giving God does not need what we're giving him God owned it all before you ever earned it tell you never God owned it he owned it before you earned it and he will own it after you're gone What he does needs, what he does, what he does need, here's what God needs. Not that he needs anything to exist, but what he needs, as far as you're concerned, is the first one, because that's the position reserved for him. Are you breathing, saints? Psalms 24.1, memorize this, okay? It, it'll, it'll do your spirit good. Because that, that first two things I told y'all last week, we want to keep saying, God is great. More so than Tony the Tiger, I tell you the truth. And God is good. The earth is the Lord's. Psalms 24.1, say it. The earth is the Lord's. And all it contains. The world, come on, and those who dwell in it. So people who don't acknowledge God in the tenth, you know, I don't know what you're trying to say about God. You may be living on borrowed grace. Because God's trying to help you. I know many people are trying to help themselves. And God's church is having to deal with this because our economy is what it is right now, is, is, is as good as it's been in, in, in a few decades. It, it actually is. Gross national product, the, the whole business index, we actually, it's, it's a lot better than it's been in a long time. But there's no guarantee we'll stay that way. And God's people, God's people, God's people, he wants to teach us so that when times are good, that we honor God, that when times go down, God will honor us. So let me encourage you to start the journey. This is not an issue of heaven or hell. Don't let anybody 
Don't let anybody try to control you about this. Tithing is not a matter of heaven or hell. It's an issue of success or failure. Tell your brother and sister what I said. See, there, there are Christians everywhere that are doing without provision. Provision that's already got their name on it, but they're doing without it. Out of ignorance, they set a place at the table for the devourer to come in their lives. Just as in Malachi chapter 3, 11, there is a devourer. And, and for many believers, believers, they set the table for the devourer to come in their life. And all the hard work and all the good intention, so many crazy things happening in, to them financially. But Jesus is the head of the church, and, and what we need to do is embrace the head of the church as the head of our table. If we serve him first, there will be more than enough. God has redeemed you by his blood. Now enact that redemption so that your finances can reflect the same. Why don't you do it automatically, God? Because God has decided that this is the way he's going to grow our character up by the way we use money. And he says so. For he that's unrighteous in a little thing is unrighteous in much. And he that is faithful in a very little thing is faithful in much. And here's the way your heavenly father works. Faithful in a little, he can't wait to help you to be faithful in much. So keep good records. Tap your name and say, keep good records. And prove that God is right. Bow your heads right there where you sit. I know this is first fruit season, but I want to be clear that if you're trying to give first fruits and you don't take care of the basic tithe, then the principle begins to break down because the tithing principle is the first one. The first fruit principle is the next one. When you talk about first 